Today's one of those days we're not going to um, we're not going to get to everything. I don't know if we should start with Bezos going to space and Robert Reich's. Mike, can you turn your microphone on? I know I don't normally do this in the opening monologue, but I need I need you to do something here. Can you you there? Turn on your microphone. I'm here. Um, I am blocked by Robert Reich on Twitter. <laughs> I don't I don't know what I did. Uh, but apparently I, I'm blocked. So all this talk of Robert Reich whining and complaining, can you're not blocked by Robert Reich. Can you read read us some of his his uh whiny tweets about Bezos? Sure. Here's his pain Thanks, because I'm blocked. Billionaires rocketing off to space isn't a sign of progress. It's a sign of grotesque inequality that allows a select few to leave Earth behind while the rest of humanity suffers. And four hours ago, he said, one small step for billionaires. These are the people that think that they should be entrusted with the lion's share of our resources. This is what I'm trying to, this is something that I try to put out whenever I talk about the academic left. Robert Reich can't think past his own politics and his belief that groups of academics should really be running the world. He can't even see 10 miles down the road the benefit of, for lack of a better way of saying it, democratizing space travel. And it's not just space travel. You, you have the Democrats, and I'm sure Robert Reich agrees that we should be spending trillions of dollars on high-speed rail. It's kind of funny. The problem that you face when you deal with academics is doublethink. And if you've noticed, we've been spending a lot of time on doublethink. You can't say that a pipeline, an oil and natural gas pipeline, is going to carve up the territory. It's going to make, it's going to make the, the land ugly. It's, it's an offense to Native Americans if it cuts through you know, Native American territory. But then turn around and say, you know what we need? We need a high-speed rail. What the hell's the difference? It's the same brick, it's the same mortar, it's the same rebar. You're still putting down a spine into the ground. But Robert Rice probably is in love with the idea of government-run rail. And they talk about advancement. What do you think is progress? More choo-choo trains? Or having the kind of travel that can jump somebody from, let's say rural Australia to Switzerland in an hour. Now, why am I saying that? Because we talk about the developing world, inequity, inequality, healthcare. Can you imagine if a a sick child in the southern tip of Chile could be in a New York City hospital in an hour receiving life-saving treatment? Now, I don't know if that's possible, but certainly pushing the boundaries of flight is one of the ways that capitalism and the market and everything else will create that travel. Choo-choo trains weren't created by government. They were created by capitalism. The automobile wasn't created by government. It was created by capitalism. Flight was created by capitalism. Now, this is not 
I'm not a personal fan of the persona of Jeff Bezos. He seems like kind of an elitist jerk. But Robert Reich's problem here is that how dare that man, how dare that man build a company so big, so profitable, and then not turn over what it is he built to Robert Reich. Robert Reich probably lies awake at night worried that somewhere out there, somebody's making money and not, be, and not turning it over to government. He believes in central planning. Here's a man who can't even envision the benefits of the type of travel, the type of, of technology that is being the, 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 the limits. The limits are being pushed right now as we speak. I mean, it sounds like the opening of Star Trek, the original TV show. This is pushing the boundary of technology in flight, in speed, like never before. And Robert Rice can't see anything beyond his complaint that rich people, you don't have to be an Ayn Rand fan to get this. You don't have to have ever read Atlas Shrug or The Fountainhead or any of that stuff to get this stuff. But it bothers Reich. He has never been able to go out in the world and do anything in the private sector. He has been somewhere between government and academia his entire life. Writing papers, winning awards for papers, you know, impressing young college students with his brilliance because, you know, he was woke before woke was cool. Yet he can't even conceive of the benefits of this type of travel, the technology that is now being pushed right now. He can't see it. All he knows is government's not in charge of it right now. And that's the problem. Academics are not in charge of it. Weintick 695, Patriot 9572874. But there's more. Billionaires leaving Earth. With all the problems on the ground, how dare these billionaires leave Earth? Who among us believes that our lives, our faculties, our fortunes, although they might not be vast, are inherently prop a property of the collective. When somebody has the kind of capacity, luck is the moment where preparation meets opportunity. I forgot who said that to me once. It's not my quote. Somebody once said to me, Luck is the moment where preparation meets opportunity. I think they were, I don't think they were talking about gambling. I think they were talking about in, in career. That you have to work hard when nobody's looking. And you put your time in and you pay your dues. And you, you try to prove yourself. So then when the moment comes, when the moment presents itself, where you are being taken into account Unbeknownst to you, you may have been observed as the best employee or the, whatever it is. And you get that opportunity. Luck is the moment where preparation meets opportunity. Robert Reich is not the kind of person that has this capacity. He's never had a great idea. If he had a great idea, he'd be up in space. He's been spending his entire life writing papers and teaching classes, you know, promoting theories that do not work in practice. Amazon is successful. And look, I'm not a fan. I don't shop on Amazon. 
I'm not talking about my personal preferences. I'm talking about simplistic market analysis. Bezos presented the marketplace with something it clearly wanted. And he was successful. That doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's like when you look at that versus a mom and pop business. That doesn't mean all mom and pop businesses should be shooed aside. And if you own a mom and pop business, if you're not Jeff Bezos, you're supposed, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's, that's not how this works. Just because somebody writes the most popular song on the charts doesn't mean every other artist disappears. It just means that person presented the market something with something that it wanted and they did well for themselves. None of Robert Reich's theories actually work. None of them. None of them. If you notice something about progressive thinking, it's not ever adopted, it's imposed. That's why when they talk about democratic socialism, the only way democratic socialism, there's only one way for democratic socialism to work. And that is to free 51% of the population from taxation. Then you can make democratic socialism work because then it becomes popular to receive without paying. What is Robert Rice's greatest contribution that's actually benefited someone? That you could actually say, there, Robert Reich did that. Because I can't think of it. But again, if you've read your Ayn Rand, you could, this, this is billionaires literally going gold. If you don't know what that means, just look it up, going gold. G-A-L-T, going gold. Just a quick, quick synopsis. If you don't know the book, Atlas Shrugged. There comes a point in our society, in the book, where very rich people who have contributed technology, art, business to the society, meaning their presence in society has made that collective better off. And they are being demonized ever more by government. So the wealthiest and most capable people among society decide to withdraw from society. The best doctors, engineers, artists, financiers, they withdraw from society to a place called Galt's Gulch. And they develop technology that allows them to masquerade their location and they live in a new society unto themselves. Leaving the rest of the society of the United States to begin to crumble. Because people like Robert Reich who believe in creating ever more bureaucracies and ever more scams of of, uh, confiscatory taxes and redistribution, eventually, as Margaret Thatcher said, you will run out of other people's money. I would not be surprised if some of these billionaires actually were thinking about colonizing another planet to protect themselves from people like Robert Reich, but that might be a little far off. But it does, does read like the plot to Atlas Shrugged. But how dare they? Robert Reich, who's not a capable man, is standing off to the side, damning people who are capable for not using their capacity in a way that he is determined beneficial. Ignoring that this technology that's being developed right now will produce benefits in the future. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. 
You know, one truth, uh, and I can only speak for New York City. Some of the most beneficial public works projects were funded by, at the time, millionaires. Oh yeah, the New York Reservoir System, the creation of sewers and water filtration systems, even I believe the early electricity was not funded by the, by the city government or the state government. It was funded by projects, by people like Cornelius Vanderbilt. That a lot of these early projects were funded by private dollars. But I guess Robert Reich would be standing there whining and complaining about that sort of thing. What are these rich people doing digging underground to put trains underneath the ground? How does that help the poor on the surface? Well, I would say that perhaps underground mass transit has helped move people and items very quickly through a congested city like New York. Some might disagree. The subway system has in ways fallen into disrepair, but it it was an advance of technology. If you look at the original plans for the subway system, yes, rich people had luxury cars that took them uptown, downtown, wherever. And then we created what was called mass transit. But had those rich people not invested in those underground tunnels, there would be no mass transit for Robert Rice to stand around pointing his fingers at. Wines at 695 Patriot 9572874. So I'll do this. And I've never had a progressive Democrat ever, ever in a civil tone, in a civil tone, and in an intellectual manner describe the equation of public finance in their minds. And what I'm getting at is if you take a city of, let's say, 100,000 people, You have a city of 100,000 people. You have a small metroplex. You have a a ring of perhaps townhomes and apartments. Then you have suburban subdivisions, 100,000 people. Not a very big city. You have perhaps light rail or at least city buses. You have community parks. You have government-run education. And then the faraway federal government says, we are, past, we are making regulations. We are making regulations that demand you upgrade the municipal sewers and public transport so we can relocate starting, starting number 5,000 people who will be granted access to Airfinger's, quote, affordable housing. Now, this is not 5,000 people that are investing in the community, meaning they're buying a home. These are not 5,000 people that are buying a condo. These are 5,000 people that are, you want to get crazy, make it 5,000 families, because that would be more than 5,000 people. 5,000 families, 5% increase, give or take of the population, a little bit more, might be like 8%. The federal government says to this city of 100,000, you must build affordable housing for 5,000 families. 
So really, that in the end could be a 15% increase in the population. I mean, it could be 15,000 people. I'm just, I'm throwing some things out there. A lot of X factor here. You bring in 5,000 families that are not paying to live in that community. They are being subsidized by government. There's going to be a need for more teachers. There might be a need for more police officers. You're going to need, if you're going to build densely uh, dense housing, there must be upgrade to public infrastructure. There might be an additional exit to an off-ramp or new traffic signals or whatever it is. But who is going to pay for this For this increase in the population, are the newcomers paying for it or is this going to be spread to the existing residents? Because this is what Biden's plan is. This is Reich's plan, by the way. This affirmatively furthering fair housing stuff. They're saying these communities, there must be so-called affordable housing in these communities. But affordable by whose standards? Who's affording them? How many people where is the line? We are, how many of you are familiar with the Laffer Curve? If you're not, look it up. It's the point where taxation goes from funding the legitimate functions of government to being purely confiscatory, which then has a negative effect on growth. So if you bring in 1,000 people to a city of 100,000, perhaps the tax increases might be so minute that nobody notices them. But about 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, when does the need to increase taxes hit a point where the existing resident is paying more but not receiving any better services or additional services or additions to quality of living for themselves? In other words, how many people What percentage of this should be shouldered by someone simply because they live in one of these zip codes? See, they don't have an answer. When people like Robert Reich and the Democratic Socialists and others look at people and say, you owe, you now have responsibility. We have given ourselves just cause to impose whatever we want on you. It's a funny thing how people in many cases, are unwilling to be told what burden they're going to shoulder. So when you see people in suburban communities rejecting a lot of this stuff, it's the same thought process of maybe why someone like Jeff Bezos might actually want to explore space to the complaint of Robert Reich that he's leaving the world behind. Wyantic 695, Patriot 9572874. I will get calls, but I'm going to pick this up on the other side. We now have a test vote in the Senate for the Biden infrastructure plan, which is now, Airfingers quote, human infrastructure. We spent $2 trillion, we spent $2 trillion, we spent $2 trillion, then it's $3.5 trillion. We are now getting up into some very dangerous spending with no congressional rescission on monies allocated for COVID relief where there's no need for COVID relief anymore. These Democrats and some of these Republicans agreed to COVID relief packages that involved teacher salaries five years into the future. What the hell does that have to do with COVID relief? 
Nothing. Nothing at all. We are plunging ourselves into a debt that we may not recover from while popularizing that 51% of the population shouldn't actually pay for any of it. That is how democracies collapse. Serious XM Patriot.